So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Okay, I'm hitting record. I hit record. Okay. Welcome to Feature Creep. Colon. Uh, Built-in microwave. Semicolon in which we design things that aren't usually associated with design. Like ennui. Yes. In fact, let's just start with ennui. Okay. Um, <laughs> if uh, who who here doesn't know? Show of hands. Who knows what ennui is? Oh, I, I have an... No, you know, I don't feel confident today. I'm not sure I do. <laughs> Was that an ennui joke? Uh, I mean... And a feeling of utter weariness and discontent resulting from satiety or lack of interest or boredom? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if that has that much to do with confidence. No. But regards, listlessness and dissatisfaction resulting from a lack of interest or boredom. Mm -hmm. Uh, According to Word Nick... Yeah. Painful or wearisome state of mind due to the want of any object of interest or to enforced attention to something destitute of interest. The condition of being bored. Tedium. I have I have fond memories of ennui as a child. Yeah. yeah. We used to congregate. Um, and so there were kind of four of us who lived on or four families that lived on this block. Uh, when I grew up and we would, um, the kids would often, my friends and I would, we would kind of congregate in the front yard of, uh, one of the houses and we'd often like sit and pick the grass yeah, and kind of like try to come up with ideas like, you know, sometimes we would play games, but as we got older, you know, like we'd play like tag and other things like that. But as we got older, those things lost their sort of appeal. And as the summer or even just over a summer, like there was only so many games that you could play before it would just kind of be hotter and you didn't really want to run around as much. And so I just have these like these memories of sort of sitting in the front yard for hours on end, like picking the grass and like just sort of, you know, listlessly staring off into space. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was just sort of How, like... Was it just... Did you say it was you alone or was it you and your friends? And and my friends. Like, we would sit out there and it'd kind of go around and be like, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And I'd kind of go around for like a little while and then eventually we'd settle on something and go do something stupid. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just remember spending... I mean, at the time I remember being like, I'm so bored. But then later feeling like, man, that was a great magical time. To be that was to a like, great magical time. Well, yeah, because like you had so little. It was the middle of summer, and when you're that young, a, a week is just like a year. It's just such an impossibly long time, yes. and so, um, not that the summer summer vacation was only a week, but oftentimes it was. You know, it seemed so much longer as a kid, and with well, no I think responsibility. We got out, like, yeah, yeah, we got out like the second week of June, and then we were back the last week of August or the first week of September. Yeah, yeah, basically the same, and so it's only like eight or ten weeks. Like my birthday is August twenty sixth, and I would 
I just have memories of, like in my mind, my birthday was in the middle of the summer. Oh. I mean, it wasn't, but no, it was in the middle of the summer vacation, like of not being in school because having my birthday, like I remember still, th- like my experience was that I still had summer left over afterwards before I had to go oh. back to school. Now, in reality, it was like bit, m- maybe yeah. a week. But mm-hmm. that's kind of my point is like when I was young, that week was just an, a huge amount of time. I also suspect that I hated school so much that possibly um, my dad was like really careful not to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> that it was coming around the corner. <laughs> Don't anybody mention school to Ned. Yeah. So. Don't anybody say anything about the end of summer to Ned. Right. Just don't bring it up. Um, Just don't mention anything about seasons or education or having to do things or having to. You mean jail and punishment. Right. That was school. Jail and punishment. It was a litany of punishments and it was jail like and um, it was awful. Uh, Yep. Anyway, designing on we. I mean, how does one even begin to i guess i guess you know you would have to create the experience of ennui yeah so i guess you'd have to like like designing something like okay well let's manufacture um the conditions that re result in listlessness and dissatisfaction from a lack of interest and boredom yeah i kind of think okay here's like a perfect Example of ennui for me that if anybody listening to this is into pop culture might catch because it's from a current television show called What We Do in the Shadows. Colin Robinson is like the picture of ennui or he like yeah. creates ennui uh-huh. in everyone around him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So like if you wanted to manufacture ennui, I guess you could become someone's boss. Yeah. Um, I was thinking... Uh, I was also thinking like some of the elements of it are to um to have on we you need to not have any pressing matters um like you can't really argue that you have on we when you're in the middle of like a life and death situation um mm, unless you're s- at constantly in life and death situations in which case it just becomes the new norm now there we yes, go just yes. traumatize someone to the point of boredom right just just crank up that survival mechanism to 11 and just mm-hmm. peg it there for as long as possible until your internal sort of state kind of normalizes to that and um yeah and then and then make it monotonous <laughs> repeat repeat done okay next <laughs> um what else uh you could become you could become a teacher oh to inflict on we on other people mm-hmm. yeah i i mean i was thinking more in terms of just like the experience of it um i do like your approach of like how would you just inflict the feeling of on we on as many people <laughs> as possible let's think about this i mean it is kind of um you know we've also been running that ongoing designing dystopia um, which I think in some ways fits under this category because it's not something that you would normally think about in terms of design, right? You wouldn't yeah. think about 
how one goes about creating or um, designing a more perfect dystopia or ennui, right? So in this case, um, yeah, inflicting on or or creating the experience of ennui for as many people as possible would certainly be um, like I could imagine in my mind you run a summer camp and you you get a lot of people to commit to coming to it and then you create these experiences of ennui there so for instance the great thing about a summer camp is that generally you're you're kind of committed there for a week and so while you're there yeah you're stuck you well yeah you're stuck and then while you're there everything's basically taken care of for you so like you're not wondering where you're going to get your next meal or where you're going to sleep or any of those things um generally you know your social inner like your social circles are going to be kind of making new friends potentially but um even the worst people around you you only have to put up with them for about a week so it's not it it doesn't have a lot of pressing issues so you're kind of left in this sort of state of like you don't have to do anything and then you can just kind of create this like sort of (laughs) This like series of classes like of like craft activities and outdoor activities that are just like progressively more dull. <laughs> and so you kind of it's like sort of like the whole idea of like, you know, if you if you um, the frog won't jump out of the pot because you've, you know, started with cold water and then you bring it up to a boil slowly Um so you just I like of, your uh I like your philosophy here. <laughs> and so you just sort of progress slowly like the first day is like pretty exciting and you know you get to see all the fun things you're going to look forward to and mm-hmm. and all the activities and you get to know your campmates and then you kind of um you know you dial it down and and by the end of it like by that evening's campfire you know after dinner campfire or whatever it's kind of you have you have your kind of colin type person give a speech that's a little bit you know everybody's like oh man that was pretty dry hello everybody Uh i hope you've all had a chance to make some new friends Uh can i or maybe you reconnected with friends from last year Right. (laughs) either way uh i like the idea of um starting out on day one with the activity that causes the most social anxiety yes yes. day one is a high anxiety day Uh by comparison it's all downhill from here Uh uh-huh um and i mean you want to hit peak ennui by wednesday because you want to give that sort of existential <laughs> dread of knowing that you still have like two or three more days of this before you get to stop. Right. So there's anxiety and then there's um, existential dread. And then there's just like the fulfillment at the end of the week of the complete mm-hmm. submersion in ennui. So I have a component to this that I think would be useful. And I'm going to describe it first in how I first encountered it. Um, I went to a Padres baseball game here in San Diego shortly after they create, they built a new stadium downtown. Um, I forget what corporation is currently sponsoring it. They always change the name, but it doesn't matter. 
stadium downtown um go to a baseball game we are sitting in the stands um i think we were kind of we weren't real close to to first base but we were no sorry we were we were near third base and it was um it doesn't you know how baseball works it doesn't really matter we weren't (laughs) real close we were just kind of up in the mid-tier you know not quite the nosebleed but okay you know it was good it was a good spot anyway we're uh we're watching the game and there's some i forget what the other team was i would never know anyway but um there's some fans from the opposing team those bastards uh yeah yeah so we're in the baseball we're in the stadium okay um there's a stadium yeah some fans from the other team they were very very friendly we sat next to them they were super you know nice and kind and everything was fine Uh and it was very jovial and everybody was excited and um so the game starts and you know a couple of pitches whatever and then um and some exciting stuff happens and they get up and they're standing and cheering and which is appropriate and i'm like that's part of why you come to a baseball game is that it's a little bit of a rock like it's you know people are raucous and it's exciting and you know yeah people cheer so this this senior volunteer guy who's like apparently assigned to our section comes over and asks them to sit down what and they're like oh okay so they sit down and so then like we're sitting there next to them like we're not cheering for their side i guess i mean kind of like exciting things happen and you just get excited and cheer because i'm not a big like team fan in that sense um Mm -hmm. so uh i mean i like the padres my grandmother was a fan of the padres so sure sports obligatory obligatory Obligatory. yeah um and (laughs) anyway so this happens a couple more times and it starts to get really weird because they're just like i mean they're they weren't from boston but they're you know they're east coast or something like they're used to like you know this is a baseball game like i don't get to shout except for the baseball game and and we're sitting next to them and we're like yeah absolutely like we should be shouting this is great fun um but every time they stand up and cheer the guy comes over and tells them to sit down again and um would you say that he was shushing them in a way yes oh he was definitely shushing shushing them so i believe that this component is important for our on we our summer camp of on we okay um so (laughs) you need you need some senior volunteer to come and dress in a sort of like slightly official looking uniform and yeah. basically attend all the activities and c- keep everything on an even keel. So if people start getting excited, they need to come over and shush them, shush them. Be like, you need to, you need to calm down, keep sir. It, tamp it down. Yeah. Tamp it down. Um, down. Yep. Okay. A lot of shushing. So is that on day one or is that th- th- all throughout? Uh, so pacing is, uh, it's all throughout. Definitely. Um, ideally by wednesday they wouldn't really have much to do because everyone would be in a court of sort of on we stupor um sort of listlessly walking about entirely devoid of any kind of fun whatever activity they're doing if like, i'm shushing uh something's wrong yeah if i yeah. if i have to shush yeah then, then then we haven't we haven't achieved peak on we yet are, right, too high yeah. they sh- so they should definitely be there on day one and so okay. the activities of day one will be fun and exciting relative to what's to come and so mm-hmm. the shusher will um 
we'll have more to do. But then by, you know, day three, the shusher yeah. should just be, you know, entirely um, un, 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 unneeded. I think on day two, the focus should be on quashing any kind of individual self-expression. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, I mean, I think you, I think what you would do is like day one, you would have activities that might seemingly promote it and you would actively be squashing it while it's happening. Um, right. But then by day two, people would kind of realize that this is not going to be as fun as, as they thought. And, um, and then hopefully you'll, you'll kind of segue into the feelings of ennui pretty quickly there. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy the idea of um, toning down normal camp activities. So like, <laughs> what do you do at camp? You get to learn how to swim and um, like paddle a canoe. Yeah. But at Ennui Camp, all you get to do is float motionless in a life vest in the water. Yes. Yes. Indeed. And you can just sit in the canoe tethered, but you're not allowed to go anywhere. And you can't use a paddle because that makes too much splashing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there's a dock with a canoe on it and a rope tied to it and then what they do is that if you want to go have a canoe day you go sit in the canoe but you have to sit on the seat and only two of you you get in the yeah. canoe and then the counselor pushes you out to the end of the rope right yes and then you just sit there and you get exactly like one hour yep <laughs> um <laughs> you can also portage that canoe, but only like, you know, to the end of the dock and back. Like you're yes. not allowed to actually take it anywhere. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? <clears throat> if you do like, if you do the obstacle course, um, like only one person is allowed to do the obstacle course at one time. Yes. There will be no cheering of any kind. No, no. In fact, I don't think people should be allowed to watch because, well. Either they they should either be banned from watching or they have to watch, but like we on might, the sideline and they're not allowed to cheer. Or we might like need that. to do some experimentation with the design of an obstacle course that is designed to properly promote the maximum amount of ennui so um maybe i mean i'm already envisioning like the obstacle course being like um like a series of like curb height hurdles that you have to step over slowly and yes. and so i think watching it might actually be important because while you're watching it you need to stay perfect like golf levels of quiet right like Yes. You're not allowed yeah. to cheer. You're not allowed to make noise. You need to sit still if you're committed to watching us. And then lots of activities would be things like if you sign up for this activity, you understand that you will need to sit, you know, you need to like sit still for a half an hour while this happens and you're right. not allowed to leave. You can't go anywhere. <laughs> you can't go anywhere. No um, bathroom breaks. And all of this needs to be. So all of these things would be most effective on um i'm saying i'm thinking of like middle to upper class white america you uh -huh. know because it sort of that that sort of waspy level of like yes. where where social norms are like so so oppressive yes because a lot of like you couldn't do this to kids they'd just be like fuck it i'm up i'm doing this thing now this looks way more fun i'm out 
like you need you need to have some level of like well but they said that this was the rule and i really don't want to break the social norm and so <laughs> i'm going to you know um yeah continue to do continue to behave um We went to a summer camp when we were kids. That was just a day camp. Yeah. And one of the things I remember vividly was somebody putting a dead sunfish on the telephone at the beach that was used for emergencies. Uh huh. So if anybody had to pick up the receiver off of the handset, it was like an old push button phone. So Mm -hmm. newer than rotary dial, but still that same kind of um, overall design. Uh, it was just set in the cradle of the phone, and then the phone was placed on top of the dead fish. Oh God! <laughs> and I witnessed it, uh-huh. but like I don't, I had no part in it. Uh huh. I, I thought it was great, though. It is great. Obviously, I mean, if like it, yeah. whatever, however many thirty years later, I'm still like that sunfish man. That was a good idea, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think. Um, I feel like. There are some other camp, like uh, sitting around the campfire, but no sing-alongs allowed. Just yeah. um, you can re- we maybe we could recite poetry really slowly together so we can oh, all yes yeah. So poetry recitation, God Shakespeare, perhaps it's just inscrutable, obnoxious white guy language. Uh huh. Yes. Um, <laughs> You know, but for kids. You know, but for kids. Um, or you could have, like, a lot of the classes would have these kind of weird rules. So, like, if you had a poetry class, you'd have um, a senior volunteer whose job was to audit poems so that nothing exciting was ever produced. Ah! Um, like there might Like, there might be certain words that would be sort of discouraged. And, um, yeah, it's just this, like, low-key suppressive sort of experience. Low-key suppressive. I I think suppression is really important here. I'm going yes. to write suppression in our notes and star it. Yeah. Suppression. <laughs> I feel like I love how <laughs> I love how we're like we're like, oh, let's do some designing things that you don't normally think about design around, and they all just could like devolve into designing a sort of personal hell. <laughs> oh, well, there's different well, words for that. Dystopia. Ennui. <laughs> and i are experts on personal health at this point (laughs) watch out yeah Uh, Um, it's too bad like you can't put that on a on a business on a resume like consultant comma Uh uh-huh personal um, health designer personal yeah or personal health health consultant architect yes yeah i like this Uh uh-huh god um what else have we got at this camp uh the food let's talk about the food that we make at camp it's always somebody's turn you know like in your camp squad or whatever your camp cabin with all your kids in your group yes it's somebody's turn to make dinner every day in the mess hall yeah but that dinner has got to be the same thing every single day i think it has to be the same thing every day i agree i had a a different idea i had was that um it starts out colorful and by midweek it's all the same color like all the food items are the same color oh like white like cauliflower and mayo yeah just sort of like it goes it just gets this like off beige sort of color by the end of it um and and so (laughs) i mean 
for instance, you could do peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for lunch the first day, and then the yeah. second day you would thin the jelly and the peanut butter with um some kind of like something like really inert and boring, like some kind of starch or something, so that they yes. just like have less, you know, like cornstarch or something until yeah. till by the midweek they're a shadow of their former levels of flavor and color. <laughs> yeah, like at the end, it's just a piece of like dry toast with cream of wheat smeared over yes, it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Could I please have some sugar? Nope. Nope. Sorry. I just a pinch of salt. Nope. No. <laughs> and just uh, nothing is ever discussed. It's just a quiet. Yes. Yeah. No, no, we couldn't do that. Uh, I do remember at camp one time us running like an obstacle course. We talked about that a little bit. What else do I remember from camp? Making food. I remember remember at Girl Scout camp one time, there was a girl who had the same winter boots as our troop mate Danielle, but they were like two sizes apart. And the girl took Danielle's boots. And we know this because Danielle found the remaining pair of identical boots that were two sizes too small for her feet. <laughs> oh, and no. we had to sneak in and steal them back. Oh, that's funny. So when they were at their like evening Girl Scout activity or whatever at their uh-huh. cabin, we like snuck in and swapped the boots. That's very exciting. Or was it like she had like one boot that was the right size oh, and one the wrong size? Or so it was something. Maybe that's what it was. That's even more funny. Uh-huh. Like I'm not trying to be revisionist, but it was something yes. like really bizarre where it was like, well, what am I going to do now? Like it was even less useful than having two wrong size boots. Anyway, we got the boots. Sorted. Or like and two then, left. You got both lefts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something that rendered them useless. And mm-hmm. it was one of those situations where it was like, how did the person who did this not realize yes, that yeah. something was amiss. Right. And then I remember Danielle also had a really hard time staying upright on her cross-country skis, but I don't think that had anything to do with the boots. <laughs> I think that was just a personal problem. Just the with teacher. gravity. Yes, right. <laughs> uh, uh, that's pretty great. I, yeah, they so yeah. when we were there a troop made food for us that was like it was like corn chips like you would have in uh what you call it nachos. Yep. But then everything else that would have been delightful about nachos was omitted from this dinner and it was just kind of like weird ground beef in a gravy sort of that was poured over the top. Oh, did it have cheese on them at all? No. Oh. Hmm. That would have made it edible. I think, I feel like at our school, sometimes they had lunches in my grade school. I think they called them Texas straw hats. And they were Mm -hmm. like, it was like chili on the chips and then cheese on top of that. Yep. Um, Yeah. And it was like, there was nothing really about the flavor profile of the meat topping that had anything to do with corn chips. So, for example, it wasn't meat with taco seasoning. It was like... Like beef gravy or something like yeah, just like <laughs> or just moisture. Uh-huh. I don't even know that it was gravy. Like that might uh-huh. be a little. That might be a third ingredient. Like no, this was just beef on chips. Anyway, um, it was pretty awful. And the rest of the food that we ate that weekend was fine. Uh-huh. But that that poor troop did. I don't know whose idea that was, or like maybe they didn't have a troop mom. 
Huh. I uh, I don't know. There yeah. was no dom- domesticity involved. Maybe like I say troop mom, not because I want to reinforce sexist ideals, but because like at the time, nobody's fucking dad was stepping up to take a bunch of girls to Girl Scout camp. Uh-huh. Like, it was all moms there. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so I don't uh, I don't know what happened with that particular troop, but I remember everybody in the mess hall was kind of like, mm, mm. not, <laughs> no. not. This was great. Thanks for cooking for us. We are not eating this. Uh huh. I'm pretty sure later that day we stole popcorn from the pantry. Yeah. That seems like a thing our troop would have done because it was just like me and all of my friends and all of our moms. And yeah, like, I'm, that feels like something we could have gotten away with with our moms, especially mine. Like she probably would have eaten the popcorn. I feel like it was cheddar pot, like a giant bag of cheddar popcorn nice. that we stole. And then ate it. And there was like a pot-bellied stove in the cabin that we had, but no heat otherwise. And so you had somebody had to keep the cabin warm. Yeah, it was the dead of winter when we were at this Girl Scout thing. Uh, and like any time that it would be warm enough in there, the smoke alarm would go off. And yeah. So like the adults made the decision at some point that our rest was. More, like the risk of not getting enough rest and being a wreck the next day and not being able to put up with children superseded the risk for unplugging a fire detector smoke alarm and like we unplugged it so it would stop beeping every time the smoke got and we just opened a window or something but that was at girl scout camp like this smoke detector is annoying just turn it off <laughs> okay uh-huh I remember somebody, it may have been me, in fact, I remember somebody saying, well, at least we'll die warm. That sounds like something you would say. I'm pretty sure I did say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <sighs> That's pretty funny. Um, what do you think about, I was thinking about, you know, when we did that podcast about um, the joy of melancholy. Yeah. I often associate ennui with melancholy. Um, yeah, I think melancholy kind of like, uh, I think the two are kind of like chicken and egg a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, in some ways, I think of ennui as the slightly more jo- joyful version of melancholy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's super funny. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. I like. Um, yeah, because melancholy is like dead ending to the point of being sad about it. Yes. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you are enjoying this particular podcast, <laughs> there may be another podcast of ours that you might enjoy, which is called The Joy of Melancholy, and it, it will be in our back catalog. You'll have to look down your list or up your list, depending on how you have it sorted. And if you're not sorting by date, then um, by alphabetical, I think it's I think it's The Joy of Melancholy. Anyway. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right about that. Uh Oh, is it all done? I can, I am happy to report breaking news. Breaking, breaking news. news. <laughs> Stop sauna, everything. Yes. The sauna that we bought it has been delivered by a giant truck and trailer to in front of our house and is safely secured in our. It's on the driveway. It's on our driveway. Oh, fantastic! So temporarily secured on our driveway. Oh, great! Well, nobody's going to steal it because it's massive. It's a two-person job. It's a two-person job. So as soon as I'm done with this, I should help you, or I should come now. Okay, it's fine, everybody. It's fine. We've got a sauna now. It's going to be okay. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Everything's going to be okay. Oh. 
It's going to live in our basement. We're yeah. going to turn it into a goddamn tropical oasis down there. Yes. Yeah. Watch out. Watch out. I think this is a great idea considering how cold it gets in Minneapolis. Well, here was our thinking on the whole sauna problem. Yeah. Right? That's what it's come to be known as to me anyway. The sauna problem. Yes. Is by, defined by the fact that we lack a sauna and we live in Minnesota and that's a terrible thing. Uh-huh. So sauna culture is like actually really huge up here. There's 612 Sauna, which is a mobile sauna built on a trailer and they bring it around and park it someplace. And if you're a member and it's parked in your neighborhood, you get to do it for free or you book time in another person's neighborhood. Or like, I think it's only, you're only allowed to book time when it's in your neighborhood. But anyway, you sign up for it uh-huh. and then 612 Sauna is and then you get to go into their sauna and use their sauna when they bring it around. No kidding. <clears throat> I have not done this because they started doing that right when we moved out to the West Coast for a little while. Oh, gotcha. So I didn't, uh, or we're like permanently visiting the West Coast. However you want to phrase that so yes. I don't get in trouble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so you anyway. don't get in trouble. Too, <laughs> too late. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I wanted to get a sauna before we... Um, before we let someone house sit our house uh-huh. for our, our extended journey and to the West. And um, we had thought about putting in a, like a big Finnish sauna, like the kind with rocks and steam and all the shit and like lots of cedar wood everywhere and all the things. And that's still on the docket. Uh-huh. We have not given up on this idea, even in the slightest. However, <clears throat> accomplishing this, before the snow comes this year in 2020 and in the middle of a pandemic seems kind of silly because we would build a giant outdoor six-person sauna that potentially costs a fuck ton of money to make and then have no one to use it with. Right. And so in the meantime, we bought an infrared sauna. Oh, nice. Favored by people like me who hate the cold and other people with lots of complicated medical issues. The internet, if you Google infrared saunas, is a wormhole. And if you Google low EMT infrared sauna, you are in for a treat. So uh, anyway, we got the, we didn't care about the EMF. Um, We just got uh, far infrared sauna yep. and it comes with all these big carbon panels on the wall if you're looking at getting an infrared sauna I will save you some time because I did an exhaustive amount of research and you only want to get the carbon panels don't get ceramic don't get the other kind the mica kind no it's good to <clears throat> yeah, know now you know yeah carbon carbon uh so we have large friends people who are very tall I think I mentioned this on another podcast yeah people who are uh like viking sized people and so um we because we are pocket people ourselves we knew that a sauna that was big enough for the two of us would not be big enough for some of our friends to sit in there except alone which is like god talk about ennui those saunas take like 40 minutes to heat up uh-huh just sitting in a glass box doing nothing mm-hmm. right for f- 40, 40 minutes, minutes 40 right minutes. <clears throat> so uh we got a three-person sauna uh-huh which is kind of funny like somebody's going to be left out Uh uh-huh yeah if you want to do this with friends someone's getting left out all the time uh so we got three persons on it because we figured that two people our size could very comfortably use it it's very spacious yeah but uh two people of large size could fit in it and have a buddy and not have to sit in there all by themselves right right that's kind Um, yeah if you if you're like me and you find proximity to other people repugnant you can just uh, use it by yourself you can just use it alone and it's fine it's fine 
<laughs> can be used for one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I really like infrared uh, for like treating chronic aches and pains and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I got an infrared heating pad that's two feet by three feet in square footage. Uh, and it's really nice. And I use it in the dead of winter, but I was like, man, it would be great if this was like an immersive experience. And then I was like, oh, it can, can be infrared saunas. And right. so many years ago that I, that bee got in my bonnet in addition to the outdoor sauna. And a friend of ours is like, why did they decide to get an indoor sauna? And our other friend who's married to that person was like, because it's not the only sauna you can have. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's possible to have more than one sauna. It may sound ridiculous, but this is Minnesota. So fuck yourself. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> this is about survival right. and maintaining a minimum quality of life right. in the middle of a frozen hellscape that's trying to kill you at all times. Right. In which food only grows, I mean, well, let's face it, like not a long enough growing season to actually support life. So right. terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. 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 I don't. Anyway, yeah. we would at this uh, camp, there will be no saunas. There will be nothing enjoyable whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. Although you could have. Um, there could be a pool that's always constantly under construction. <gasps> that is such a good idea. Or it could be a pool that is full when the campers arrive. And then you talk about all the swimming activities. And then in the morning you announce that it has to be drained because of a toxic like nematode or something. A poop. Did a somebody, poop. someone a mystery pooped in, poop in the yeah, pool? Yeah, mystery poop in the pool. Yeah, exactly. Somebody pooped in the pool. Yeah, and so then, so then for the rest of the week, the pool is just being drained in front of everybody very slowly in a very like slow pump that makes like that if you go like if you're over there, it has this like low whine to it the yeah. whole time, and so it's just you're constantly reminded. In fact, I think you should just hear that. But see, now we're getting into. I think we're getting away from ennui, and we're getting into the like sort of psychological trauma department yeah. of. Um, okay. Uh, so, so I think I think maybe just no pool. I think it's just I think the idea is to just go to bland, you know, starting Monday. Swimming, we can just claim that the swimming hole has an algae bloom and you're not allowed to go in it. That's another thing Minnesota has in the summertime is algae blooms that will kill you if you go in the water. <laughs> right. Perfect. Like they'll actually kill Perfect. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People's dogs die and then they're like, shit, there's an algae bloom in this one. Nobody go in there. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Just so you know, my dog died. Don't go in there. Um, There's also, um, I think there should be like team building exercises where no expression of team solidarity is permitted. So, for example, making a team flag, but the only color you can have on your flag is gray. Like everybody else. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And then you can hang your flag on the outside of your cabin, which looks like exactly like everybody else's cabin uh-huh. exactly like everybody else's flag yes <laughs> so i don't know if this borders on torture i think it does because it comes up from catholic school so i'm predisposed to thinking catholic i mean the mascot is like a guy nailed to a cross right so yes torture everywhere right the mascot um, so when my dad was in catholic school the nuns would uh in the lunchroom would be like okay and this was a, like our daily ritual right yeah and apparently they would explain this every day when you would walk through with your lunch tray okay you can have chocolate milk or you can have regular milk, but uh, there's chocolate milk and there's regular milk, but you can only have regular milk. And so there would be chocolate milk there, but no one was allowed to drink it. What? Yep. Who was the chocolate milk for? No one. It was just, it's just there, there to, to punish you. It's just there to remind <clears throat> you of the things that you want that you can't have. 
Yes, and you're supposed to get comfortable with like having desires that you're not supposed to indulge because Catholic Catholicism is all about punishing yourself for God. <laughs> oh God! But that was never made explicit. It was just you can have like there's two kinds of milk, but you can only have the one kind. So pick this whichever is, one you want, but only pick the right the the right one. Oh, this is hilarious! I think I would. This is about a choice. This is about like moral purity. This makes way more sense. Like my one, <clears throat> my one stint at. Um, now it wasn't a Catholic school. I think it was like Episcopalian or something. But in sixth grade, I went to um, a religious school, and I did not fit in at all. <laughs> I was just, I was just constantly like breaking rules that I wasn't aware even you existed. Even aware of, and then <laughs> just, just and your the, existence yeah, is a crime. And then when they would tell me about <laughs> them. I they they made so little sense to me that I couldn't yeah. I couldn't take them on board and even like understand them to the point where I just was breaking them again and again like I just couldn't stop I had no sense like they'd be like well you know you have to do this and your behavior needs to be this way and I'd be like okay I don't understand but why and they're like well that's what we do here and I was like okay mm-hmm. and then the next day I would just completely have forgotten because I couldn't I couldn't connect that with a reason why. And yeah. so I just, I I still owed attention at that school. Technically, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I and it's funny how those things work because they're oftentimes when the punishment, like the punishment, is usually like you know we're going to correct you, right? Like behavior correction. So yeah, for instance, yeah. like not doing homework um, or not paying attention in class. So that not paying attention in class was a big one for me. And so not paying attention in class was, you know, met with, you know, some kind of demerit, some kind of like, you know, we had these cards on the board. So it was like everybody knew that Ned was bad because my cards were constantly being uh-huh. pulled. Right. And you'd get to the red card. And then if the red card was pulled, then you'd get after school suspension. And so um, and then the way it works, of course, is that you go to after school suspension and then an after school suspension, you're supposed supposed to be then do the behavior, whatever it is. So in after school suspension, I was supposed to work on my homework or or pay attention in class or whatever, what you know, whatever it is. And so since I couldn't do those things anyway, it just was more opportunity for me to earn more in school suspension. Because right. I would just show up to, you know, I would I would have not done my homework, get get after school suspension so that I had to work on my homework and in after school, I'd show up after school and then I wouldn't complete or even really be able to do my homework because now I've been in school from, you know, 730 in the morning until 230 in the afternoon. And my brain is just like losing itself. Like I'm just going nuts. And now I have to stay longer. And then not only do I have to stay longer, but I have to do the thing that I already am struggling to focus on. Can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) So I just had, (laughs) I just you know, never left school until four o'clock every day while I was in that school. So fucked up. I, that's one of those things that I just like, I, I thought that was unforgivable on my dad's part. Well, my dad and my stepmom for even inflicting, I'm like, yeah, I was like, I don't want to do this. They're like, we think it'll be good for you. I don't want to do this. And then when I was there, it's like, well, this isn't good for me. Hey, look, it's still not good. good for me. How is this good for me? In my whole life, I served one half hour of detention. Yeah. Uh, it was, hilarious that i had to even do that because yes. it was my senior year of high school and yeah. i was granted legal emancipation and uh-huh. so i didn't have to be there like i could sign myself out um 
And that was the concession that was made to me for my guidance counselor advising me and my parents, and you can take the me out of that equation, uh-huh. uh, that I shouldn't do post-secondary education my senior year. And so instead of going to post-sec for my senior year of high school, my parents once again, this would be the third time in my life, they held me back academically because they didn't feel like I was prepared for it. And so I spent my whole senior year getting out of trouble and being real fucking bored. That's great. And learning how to do all kinds of things they don't teach you in school. Right, right. Yeah. And so my senior year, I ended up with, I think, something like 133 hours of detention. (laughs) That's great. Um, but I like at the very end of the school year, I, I found this out and they weren't going to let me graduate unless I fulfilled all of this detention. They were going to hold my diploma. Yeah. So I went down to the uh, principal's office and I was like, um, I don't even think there's a way for me to serve 133 hours of detention before graduation happens. Like, yeah. is that even humanly possible? And he's like, no. And I was like, you're not going to like not let me graduate. I mean, yeah, I'm practically the valedictorian. Like, yeah, I have a higher grade point average than just about everybody. So, and that was with unweighted grades. I was taking like AP courses, and right, Still right. getting better grades than people in like the basic classes, and I was like, you can't, you can't not let me graduate. Right, this makes like, no right. sense. And I was like, great. And he's like, can you just do like a half hour of detention today, and I'll write it off? And I was like, sure. <laughs> that seems doable. So that's how I had detention one time. That's great. <clears throat> that's really funny. I Thus began my love affair with pleading guilty to lesser charges. Uh huh. <laughs> I had um, I had a very different experience, which was that I I had so after that sixth grade, uh, religious school thing, then I went to middle school in the seventh grade, where I continued to accumulate um, various detentions and punishments for uh. You know, for I, it was it was typically like behavior problems in the realm of like for being human for being human. I mean, a lot of it yeah. was usually for basically for having <clears throat> ADHD, right? Like I couldn't focus yeah. on the things they wanted me to. Um, I I typically wasn't very disruptive in class. I was much more just like I didn't get my homework done. I didn't do the assignments when we were supposed to be doing them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I have this. <laughs> um, I went <clears throat> to. Uh, we had like lunch detention, which I was kind of the main punishment that they seemed to assign. And um, at the time, yeah, like social isolation from your peers, yeah, that was killer. And so That's then a, like, I would head fuckery, yeah, so fucked. So I would go to this other room where I would have to sit quietly at a desk and work on my work. And of course, same problem. I can't, I can't do this work, so I'm not doing it. Um, I'm having a really hard time paying attention. I'm like focused on a million other things. It doesn't matter. I, one of the things that I got into was straightening paper clips. Yeah. Um, because it's something that I could do with my hands. I could be very focused on. It was very exacting. Like, so to straighten a paper clip, uh, to qualify it as straight was to, um, bend it out, you know, unbend the paper clip. And then it needed to be to be straight. It had to roll on a desk without any wobble, right? So Whoa, that's pretty good. Yeah. So there was like, you know, the the initial like unbending the paperclip is not the problem. The problem is like solving those little kinks and things and getting all of those like perfectly lined up. So you know, mm-hmm. one paperclip could take a while. And I, I usually had like 
I'd usually have like a collection of them in my desk as I was just sort of like unbending them and like getting them perfectly straight. Um, yes. And so I, uh, that's what I would do if I, cause I needed to escape, right? Like I couldn't, my yeah. brain was like, I can't do whatever it is you want me to do. There's no, I have no interest in it. There's no chance that I'm going to be able to focus on this. Um, and so I was in lunch detention and I think the first day I got a second lunch detention because I didn't do my homework while I was there or I wasn't like cooperating with the, the in-school suspension teacher who was like, this isn't supposed to be fun. You've got to do this work or whatever. This is punishment. Yeah. And so, um, you know, which I just, I couldn't cooperate for an hour or whatever, 50 minutes or whatever it was. I just couldn't possibly maintain that. And so then um, I got another one and then the next day I came in and then I got another one. And then um, the fourth day, I think might've gone on for a week. I think like maybe like the following week I was like, I, she, you know, she was like, you know, this day, you know, you really have to focus on this. You've got a lot of these detentions still to serve. And I was like, I think I'm just going to leave. And she's like, you can't leave. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm leaving. And, um, and she was mad, but I was so much bigger than her. And the fucked up thing is I remember like, she was like considering whether she could physically stop me. Oh my God. And I was like, I remember looking at her and I was like, I'm not, no, I think I'm leaving. Like this is, this is not helping me in any way. I'm going to go now. And, and she kind of like lost her shit a little bit and then and I just left and I never went back. And, um, and the fucked up thing is I later found these like referral slips in one of my belongings somewhere and they want like, you can see this whole thing play out. Like the first one's like, you know, in school suspension for not doing homework. Second one's like Ned was being uncooperative and in, in school suspension or, you know, in lunch detention, like another referral. And then like somewhere towards the end, it was like, Ned says he's never coming back or no, Ned says he's not do he's not going to do work in, in lunch detention. And then it says, um, you know, call the boy's mother. And she said, give him more detention, which is my stepmom. And then, oh uh, and then like shortly after that one, there's another one that says, Ned says he's leaving and never coming back again. And then there are no more of them. <laughs> Can we frame these? In I, like yeah, I have to find one, them. One, two, three, four, like in a, yeah. Are they all on the same type of paper? Yeah. They're just like this, this they're series of like, yeah, they're like these white referral slips or whatever. Copies. I wonder if they still use those in schools. Cause I remember we used to get referral slips. Like yeah. I used to get referral slips my senior year that made me untouchable. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And I also had people working in the office who would change my attendance for me if I wasn't there. And I told them to. That's nice. That's great. You had that system. It takes workout. a long time to like cultivate. Yeah. Um, I cultivate infallibility and so uh, by high school. By high school, I was missing so much school that um, teachers didn't know to report. Like they didn't know who I was. You not being there wasn't out of the ordinary. So it yeah, didn't raise alarms. it didn't raise alarms because it was just like I didn't. You know, they were like, oh, I there must be a problem with the register role or something. You know, with the role. Because this guy's always right. on here, but he's never in this class. So, you know, and it just get passed around and I don't think anybody knew how to what to do with it. And so I just never, you know, it's just not a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Nuts. It is nuts. We, <clears throat> I remember we used to sit outside and they were always nutso about us sitting outside. Like they just 
didn't want you to go outside. Like fresh air and sunshine are not allowed. Yeah. And the building that we went to high school in was built by um, contractors who build prisons too. Like they just, you know, classic, right? Classic school prison thing. Um, so the experience, the physical experience of being in that school was fucking horrible. Um, and so you were just basically desperate to even get outside. There were no windows except on one wall of the building. Yeah. And that wall was the side of the building that had hallways up against the windows. So it was just the hallways that had windows on one side of the building. None of the rooms you could see out of. Oh, God. Um, yeah, it was really horrible. Yeah. And <clears throat> so anyway, uh, getting outside during lunch hour was like, a big deal and we used to go outside and we would like play card games or play whatever we would just sit outside and they didn't want us like it was it was things taken away in incremental uh retractions and so like first of all we weren't allowed to have lunch outside we had to eat indoors and then we could go outside and then when we were outside we couldn't sit on the grassy hill we had to stay on the cement patio and then we weren't even allowed to go on the path and so it just kept they kept withdrawing more and more things from us and so we looked in like the school handbook that details how you're supposed to behave in all of the circumstances inside of school blah 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 and there was nothing in there about like not being able to eat outside, not being able to sit outside, where you could or couldn't sit outside. Like it was just, there was nothing. And so a bunch of us basically like instituted a form of mild civil disobedience and just kept going outside. And when they hauled us into the office as a group, we went in and like asked to see the principal and he was like, okay, fine. And allowed me and Kevin and Bill to go talk to him. And Uh we went in and we were like, we don't understand why we're not, why like, yeah, like where's where's the rules our right again? to have fresh air is being taken away from us. Yeah. When we haven't broken any rules or anything. And like um this one hall monitor was the one that kept giving us all this trouble and we were like, well, you know, this person says that we're not allowed to do this or that or the other thing. And John Longton was like, uh, he wrote a note that said, Kevin and Meg and Bill and all of their friends can sit wherever they want during lunch and then laminated it and handed it to me. (laughs) The next time (laughs) that they give you shit, just hand them this and demand that they take you to see me. And so that's what we did. And then he was like, they can sit wherever they want. And from that point on, like we became the popular kids in senior high school because Uh we, as long as you were sitting near us or could claim that you were were friends, then yeah. you were allowed to be outside. That's great. It was like a I love fail that. safe. Yeah. Yeah. So by springtime of of like senior year, everybody's like, we're friends with you guys. We're like, sure, whatever. <laughs> I love I love that whenever we get on the topic of like human torture or any kind of like suffering, it devolves into discussing discussions about school. <laughs> because yeah, because it's so <laughs> It's so analogous. It's so analogous. Yeah, exactly. Church or school are both forms of prison. So like as (laughs) kids, you get indoctrinated into being punished. And then as an adult, the only recourse for anything you do that people don't like is you're going to jail and we're going to punish you. (laughs) Right. You don't get a chance to make up for it in some constructive way Uh or even apologize. You're just going to jail. That's your whole jail. Jail. Oh, God. I mean, the whole like prison, like schools to prisons, like pipeline mm-hmm. is so it like it's fucked up in and of itself. But the idea, the fact that like the same people who built the schools are the same people who built the prisons is the most fucked up portion of it, I think. Yeah. And they did both for a profit, private profit. Yep. Yeah. And they continue to do both for private profit. And it's just these like, it's just these like awful buildings. 
Um, yeah, the prison industrial complex in America is an extension of chattel slavery from way back. Yeah, and it's so schools fucked. built on that model are therefore an extension of the same. Yep. Oh, gross. Well, to get back to <laughs> designing ennui, um, I did have a thought that ennui is probably more likely to be experienced if your um, if your neurotransmitters are depleted. Mm. And so I think that that like the first couple of days at camp need to be really focused on like depleting and not replenishing certain neurotransmitters so that by the third day when you lay in the sort of beige wash of everything and everything becomes really bland and boring you're primed to experience ennui because you don't have a lot of internal resources left to give you to allow you to do things like use have an active imagination and make the best of it of a really boring situation or yeah you know it needs to be something that um that just sort of drains your neurotransmitters a bit yeah camp song camp song yep is low volume elevator music played oh endlessly yes oh this is good this is good i like this yeah yep yep uh what else um we already talked about how the food has to be really bland and gross uh yep yep uh i think everybody needs to slather on lots and lots of sunscreen and wear long sleeve shirts and like wide brim hats at all time to ensure a deficiency of vitamin D. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I think that'll go a long way towards the type of um, neurotransmitter depletion that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I'm also nothing, nothing healthy, no fresh fruits or vegetables. Those definitely support neurotransmitters. So we don't want any of them. No, no. I was thinking about um, when you mentioned the sun thing, how we could have like, I'm imagining this sort of like maze, like building situation where you're constantly being promised the idea of like this activity is going to be outside, but you never quite get there. Like you're, you're constantly (laughs) like you're, you know, you're staging and you're doing other things and you're messing with equipment and you're moving into different rooms and you're walking down long hallways and you can see out there. It's not that there are no windows. It's like, it's just, you're never under the sun. Like you just kind of, um, cause we're not looking to like, you want to just suppress a little bit. You're not looking to like, like torture them by putting them in a, in a, um, cave or something. Although, uh, old worn out fluorescent panel lighting that buzzes slightly is clearly a really important portion of this whole experience. Um, Yes. That that's so true. That reminds me of like the opening to Joe versus the volcano. Yes. Yes. It worked for them. It could work for us. Um, I like the idea of long hallways with industrial carpeting for noise dampening. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Um, uh, for arts and crafts, I like the idea of instead of something like making lanyards or something that requires like fine motor skills, like maybe putting together a dream catcher or something, which now I'm reflecting on is possibly like a racist thing that we did as well as people <laughs> yeah, in northern right. Minnesota, because yes. I don't think there were any Native Americans around for that. No. But uh, things like that <laughs> um, 
could just be like, you know, pulling some foam batting out of like a polyester batting out of like, you know, packaging that you would use for fiber fill for pillows. But Mm -hmm. it just becomes like the cloud that follows you around. And so the only (laughs) metric you're in charge of is how the size of your little ball of fluff and not, you know, anything really functional. Uh Uh-huh. Make yourself a storm cloud to follow you around you could, and block the sun while you're outside. You could have so what you could do is at the beginning talk about like for instance like oh we're gonna make these teddy bears at the end and you'd have an example of this like fun cute teddy bear or stuffed animal or something right and mm-hmm. so during the week your goal is to earn enough stuffing for yes. to stuff the bear and so there are all these little little activities that you do in order to collect more stuffing and the the outcome is that the entire time you're carrying around this fluffy yeah um plastic cloud right it's not very yes. comfortable to hold and you're constantly like like creating your cloud and you want to get enough to fill the animal that you're going to make that you're promised to make at the end of the week. But the upshot is that the whole time you're doing these like slightly, um, slightly in, uh, sort of inane activities to collect little bits of fluff. <laughs> <laughs> do you get to carry like, do you have to, is part of your thing like in arts and crafts, like sewing a little side bag for the, fluff like how do you keep the how do you manage the fluff the whole time so fluff doesn't get everywhere i'm not sure because i i like the idea of you have this cloud that follows you around so one thing could be that you have um i like you could have like a plastic bag that's kind of crinkly sure and so it's a little bit noisy all the time like there's just this low grade like crinkle noise going on sounds like a diaper yeah sounds like a diaper um i was trying to think about Maybe what it is is you have a pouch around your neck. Okay. And so, yeah, in the beadcraft one, so a lot of this stuff you do the first day. So you make your, um, you make the, you make the pouch. Yes, you got it. Go. What? Whatever the pouch is, yes. it has to be too small for even a low predictable level of fluff because part of the problem is never having enough room to cram all your fluff in. Yes. <laughs> Like, so you'll be disincentivized uh-huh. to actually earn more fluff because you have nowhere to put it. Right, right. Would you like to do an activity and earn more fluff? No, that's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> The only kind of we'll make s'mores, but the only thing we get is the graham cracker. Oh, oh, that's good. I like that. Just heat that graham cracker up. <laughs> Unless we could find like, um, like some like off-brand marshmallows that are just terrible. Oh God, stale ones. Just like, like really you can't stale. Stab them because they're already stale. <laughs> yes, right. In order to melt those suckers, you're gonna have to just throw them in the fire. Right. <laughs> Don't reach in there to get them out. Don't reach in there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think this is good. This is good. I think this is uh-huh. gonna work. Yeah. I think we could fill up five days of children's lives. With <laughs> I think we, nothing. You're envisioning children, and I'm envisioning adults. <laughs> I was thinking this was like a kids' day camp. 
I'm envisioning. I'm totally envisioning adults because I think it would just be inhumane to inflict this on child. <laughs> so this whole time we've been talking about, you've been thinking about this for adult programming. Uh-huh. I've been thinking of small children, like yes. elementary school kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> Start them early. Uh-huh. You're way too late if you wait to do this to adults. Right. They may have built up some form of resiliency over the years. And, right, right. You know, children, I think, just would go haywire instantly. Right. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about adults, I will be way more harsh with some of this stuff. I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Everything I've suggested, I consider child appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Uh, this may be the one that gets me in trouble. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe we'll maybe see. Not probably not. I, I'm sure I've said worse. Yeah, I was gonna say. In hindsight, I think there's one episode we never released, like way back at the beginning, because we were like, "Oh, we need to have Dana listen to that and make sure it's okay." I don't remember what we said on that. It was it was the one about uh, lab coats and turtlenecks, and I was critical of women's shapewear, which I yes. realized after the fact might be kind of bitchy, but uh, just because I don't like it and find it like a tool of the patriarchy, a torture tool of the patriarchy. Oh, yes, that's doesn't right. Doesn't mean that other people yeah. don't get something out of it. And I think I was a little paranoid about how bitchy I sounded. It was early days, too, and I think we... I mean, that's fair. Like, you don't want to... It's fair. I don't want to insult anyone real specifically. Yeah. Uh, maybe I do. I don't know. It's hard to say at this point. It but. is. But I mean, also, like, I, I think there are certain things where it's like, just because you might say that in passing, we don't want to necessarily, like, make that, like, a sort of public announcement. Um, All right, everybody. From yeah. here on out, now you know. Now you know. <laughs> Shapewear is a tool of the patriarchy. Yeah. Well, it certainly was, right? I mean, yeah. you know, I think it's like a lot of things. They can be reclaimed if done right i suppose i don't know i shouldn't really speak on the topic because i have no i have no frame of reference to give it authority you mean so. outside of your enormous collection of shapewear <laughs> well yes obviously obviously right. yeah i guess what i mean is i shouldn't speak to how it how it uh may or may not be a tool of the patriarchy that's what my, my point is that well you can like, definitely take my word for it that it is yeah but. no i i believe that it is i don't yeah anyway i now we're getting into i i'm unprepared for this conversation <laughs> okay back to high school detention uh-huh um, um maybe a form of detention could be sh- sitting around in shapewear that's a few sizes too small Ooh, that's yeah i mean that's that's cruel and unusual terrible yeah how would you even get it on? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like liberal amounts of Vaseline? I don't know. Like, what do you do? Like, you just squeeze into it. No, that's for like... Uh, oh, that's for... Uh, I'm just imagining like Spanx or something. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh. Or like girdles. Girdles, yeah. Girdles for non-medical uses, whatever. Medical doesn't legitimize it. Right, right. Anyway. Before a social alligator comes and chops my leg off with its teeth and then death rolls me under the waters of the internet, I'm going to stop talking. Okay. <laughs> uh, about, about women's shapewear. Well, maybe this is a good point to uh, a place to transition into a tip for living well in hell. Oh, man. The best thing about hell is that um, everyone's a prison abolitionist. And so, uh, you know. You should get behind that. 
prison abolition that is yeah that's my tip for living well in hell i mean hell's kind of a prison in yeah. and of itself right it, yeah. it should be enough just being here is bad enough everybody let's right. stop putting people in jail for everything for every little thing right i mean i think there's very really very few real strong reasons to put people in jail yeah pretty much next to none that's a whole other podcast yeah yep uh okay that's a good tip i <sighs> stop putting people in jail stop putting pe- yeah for hell right yep okay uh, <laughs> okay uh if you have strong opinions about anything that we've said you're more than welcome to email uh you can email us or hit us up on social media you can find us our website is fcbm.io our email address well you can hit our executive assistant dana that's d-a-n-a at fcbm.io you can get us on twitter which is at fcbm fcbm underscore io i believe and yeah anyway um you can give us your opinions about why you think we're full of shit or you can do whatever say nice things or you know suggest tips or yeah topics i think for the most part you and I are fairly self-aware people or we strive to be, but yeah. there's certainly ways in which we're full of shit that we haven't even thought of yet. So, <laughs> right. I've thought of a lot of them, um, but I don't know that I've thought of all of them. And so I by have all some, means, a short list of favorites, but, yeah, right. yes. <laughs> um, but by all means, uh, please help the cause. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, right in, if you have ideas for the show, that's fantastic. We're always thinking of stuff and trying to trying to talk about interesting stuff. If you want us to like finally get on topic and get on with the whole design thing, um, you can let us know. Uh, I don't guarantee that we'll follow your advice or even listen to you in that regard. But um, yeah, we try. I think every time we do a podcast, we have great grand ideas about how it's going to be very helpful for the design sort of aspect of things. But here we are talking about designing on we so you be the judge that's right that's right <laughs> okay i don't know did you uh yeah, what nope never mind that oh. was an incomplete thought that just slipped out and i right. don't actually have anything to follow that up with that's fair that's fair <laughs> all right bye okay okay bye goodbye